0: I think just the demands of law school and practice are also high. So it's kind of both. You, you come in with a certain personality and then you find that the career is very challenging. And so we really do need to find strategies to help them manage that because it be, can become overwhelming if, if you don't.
1: Welcome back to the Thriving Lawyers podcast. This is Michael Kahn, and I am really excited to have our, our guest today, uh, Allison Cowan, who is the... Senior Director of Professional Development at Faskin. Hi. Hi, Allison. Hello. <laughs> I uh, actually presented a uh, program for Fasken uh, a few weeks ago, and that's how Allison and I met.
0: Yeah, right before um, the uh, COVID shutdown. <laughs> Good timing. This is
1: cool when life was normal. Yeah. So, Allison, I want to first uh, have you introduce yourself sure. to uh, to our, our, our listeners. And just talk about, uh, I guess in a little bit more detail, what uh, the Senior Director of Professional Development does at Faskin and then we'll get a little bit more into your personal story.
0: Sure. Yeah, certainly. So, hi, everyone. Um I am a lawyer by trade and practice, and I practiced for a few years prior to moving into the professional development space. So I can tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. But now my, my job is Senior Director of Professional Development at FASC and involves supporting the recruitment, training and development of Professionals at the organization, and that starts with recruiting law students who are in law school and looking at what they might do with their future careers and looking for articling positions and summer positions, bringing them on board, helping to orient them, train them, get them integrated into the firm, and then you know, I manage the hire back process to articles and then to associate uh, positions, and then I work with the associates at the firm, helping them also with their professional development goals and bringing them along until you know, hopefully they make partner or another role at the firm. So I'm kind of in a supportive capacity. I'm, you know, I'm part of the management team, but I'm both here to support the firm and the lawyers at the firm in, in their development.
1: You used a word that I'm comfortable with now that I've lived in Vancouver for uh, almost six years. You used the, the word articling. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to say for our, our U.S., listeners what that is
0: you bet yeah so it's it's technically like a training contract it's part of the process in Canada for becoming a licensed lawyer so students here go to law school for three years as they do in in the states and then following that when they come and work at a firm usually uh, you know to get into a position at the firm you'd want to start by getting a summer student position after your second year of law school. And then those usually turn into an articling position the year after that. And the articling contract is a one year position, a training year where you work under a principal, a, you know, a more senior lawyer who mentors and supports the, the student. And then you know after you complete that year, it involves both nine months of working at a law firm under supervision, and then two and a half months of professional legal training at the law society. So that also includes the bar exams that have to be completed and passed so once a student has done all of those those things within the course of that articling year then they get called to the bar and and become a lawyer so it's just one additional sort of year that you get paid and you know trained during that year it doesn't sound like it exists in the U.S. but uh, that's part of our process here in Canada
1: no I, I think it's I think it should exist in the U.S. personally I think it's it's great I know from what I hear some graduates law school graduates are having trouble finding articling positions, Uh, depending on where they live. I think it's been a bit of a a challenge. Let's put your work responsibilities aside just for a moment. Why don't you share a little bit of your personal journey, how you ended up at Faskin?
0: Sure. Yeah. So when I first sort of started thinking about law school, I was an undergraduate student at UBC. I was studying psychology and I had, you know, decided to major in psychology because at the time I was thinking I might want to go into the route of becoming a, a clinical counselor and so I was getting all the prerequisites to do that and then, you know, somewhere along the way, I started chatting with someone I knew who was currently in law school. And it sounded quite fascinating what they were learning. And I thought that also might be a good fit. And I guess I was sort of seeking a career that would allow me to help people in a, in some capacity. And so, you know, I got, and got turned on by the idea of going into law and sort of started taking that route by writing the LSAT and, and then applied to law school and, and sort of going more in that direction instead. So I ended up going to University of Victoria for law school, which I really enjoyed. It was a great time. And then, you know, during my time, at UVic, I was, you know, as all law students do, you're starting to think about what are your different career options. And I ended up, you know, articling and then practicing for a few years. And I did enjoy it, but I sort of found that it was you know, maybe not resonating with me the area of law I was practicing in at the time. And so I was kind of thinking about what different options might be available down the road, and still was looking for an opportunity to support people. I think that sort of interest in being in a professional development, personal development type of supportive role was still in my mind from my early interest in counseling. So Um, An opportunity arose. I actually went off on maternity leave for a year with my first son. And when I was coming back to work, I was thinking about looking at different opportunities, because as I said, I wasn't sort of feeling like the work I was doing was the best fit. And so then a, an opportunity came up at the University of Victoria to take a position with the career services office there. And that was a, sort of a counseling role with students who were looking for articling positions and jobs and, and then with their resumes and interview prep and all that. So I ended up taking that role. And I thought at the time, you know, this would just be sort of an interesting position to take. I had a young son and I was sort of planning on having another kid. So I thought this might be a good thing to do for a couple of years and then get back into practice and find sort of the area that I was more interested in and uh, you know, then it just turned into a different path. I got into that job. I really enjoyed it. I loved working with the students. I loved supporting people with their professional and personal development and uh, sort of led into the role I'm in now, which is moving from the school side of uh, supporting students into the you know firm and then supporting both students and associates. And so I've really enjoyed that transition. There's things I really liked about working at the university as well, but one thing I really quite enjoy about the position I have now is you get to work with the same people for longer. Like Like when I worked at the university, I found you would deal with students and they would come in with similar issues and then they would leave and go off into their careers. And that was great. But it's kind of nice now to be in a position where you're working with the same people over a number of years and watching them develop from, you know, those early days of being a student looking for work right up to being a partner.
1: I'm smiling as you're sharing your story. There's a lot of overlap with mine. I majored in psychology in college and then went on to law school from there. Mm-hmm. and then uh, I also, in, in leaving the practice of law, I worked at a law school in the uh, career services office. Oh, great. I uh, was the director of career services there, so that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah you know, it's that's one that of the paths. Stuff. I mean, I do get asked, you know, mm-hmm. about this role and how I got into it, and that's, you know, it's not the only path to getting into this type of work, but it certainly mm-hmm. is more of a trend these days is, um people that work at universities and in other supportive capacities.
1: You have an interesting perspective then on the, the, one of the main... Areas we focus on in this podcast is on lawyer well-being. Mm-hmm. So your perspective is interesting because you both—you're a lawyer, and then you um, were at a law school, so you mm-hmm. saw what it was like for law students. Because mm-hmm. we often talk about when we're, we're talking about well-being, and that some of the bad habits that lawyers have start in law school.
0: Yeah, so it's true.
1: interesting to hear your perspective on that. And now you're been at Faskin. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a while. So, what what's your kind of, I guess, thirty thousand <laughs> foot view of seeing it from you as a lawyer to seeing law students and now being in this uh, uh, position of professional development in uh, at Fasken? What are some of the challenges? that you have noticed along the way
0: mm-hmm. yeah well i think you know law school is a ton of fun and i think one of the things that students by
1: the learn... way you are <laughs> i'm not sure everyone would say that about law school well, but... I, I
0: really enjoyed it i think yeah, i like you... i enjoyed just like the um the social side but also for me it was just like this whole new field that was super interesting and yeah and just like being engaged with all uh, all these other students that were really interested in the same social issues learning about the law you know that kind of thing It's definitely a ton of work
1: but no, I, I'm I'm not making fun of you at all. I completely agree. <laughs> I actually enjoyed law school more than practicing law. Yeah. Because the intellectual stimulation and, and con- I learned a lot about Supreme Court. That's one of my favorite um, areas. I'm I'm just imagining some of the folks listening are thinking, enjoyed law yeah, school. Yeah, What? Car- carry on with your answer. Sorry about yeah, that.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I think it is both the intellectual stimulation and then I think the other big thing that makes law school as i mentioned you know more enjoyable is just the sort of the social engagement right and so mm-hmm. i think one of the transitions that people find is when they go to practice um you get more so first of all i think there's you know stress around performance and sort of the perfectionism that the career of law demands and so that can can weigh on people especially you know starting and out that's when, part,
1: and, and in your experience did that start in law school or, or do people who go to law school already have that aspect of them or or, you know could be both of course
0: I think I think certainly both I think law school attracts a certain type of person definitely sort of high achievers who want to continue to achieve and there's Levels of stress that are helpful, as as you know, because this is sort of a topic you presented on. But you know, there's also sort of a chronic level of stress that is too high and can be damaging to people. So it's trying to sort of um, stay within the realm of good stress, I suppose, and and developing good stress habits. So I think there's definitely a a certain type of personality that comes into law school, even though there's a lot of diversity in in who studies law. There is kind of this trend towards type A high achievers who you know, maybe have a hard time not continuing to, to hit the A mark all the time or or strive for that. And so, you know, you kind of self-select into it, certainly. But I think just the demands of law school and practice are also high. So it's kind of both. You, you come in with a certain personality and then you find that the career is very challenging. And so we really do need to find strategies to help them manage that because it be, can become overwhelming if, if you don't.
1: Yeah for sure. And what what did you notice for you when you were practicing? What did you notice about how you handled the stress and, mm-hmm. and your well-being and how you successfully dealt with that or unsuccessfully at times?
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think there were some things that I did well and some things that I learned from. I've always been someone who's quite social. So I, f- I felt like keeping that going um and trying to connect with people at the firm was something that really helped because you know if you're especially if you're in a position where you're articling with other students that can be quite you know if you go to a smaller firm sometimes you might be the only student there and then trying to look for people that that you can connect with in in the firm or in the community uh just to talk talk to you about kind of the experience you're going through it's it's one of the helpful things about being in a larger firm with a larger cohort of students is that usually then you have sort of this built-in network of people that you can talk to and rely on. And, you know, taking a growth mindset, especially in those early years, I think is something mm-hmm. that, you know, I wish I did more of and, and now I'm more aware of. But at the time, I, I struggled to not kind of come into the, the career and, and the early days and really feel like everything you did, you could just knock it out of the park perfectly. You know, it's, there is a steep learning curve in those early years. And so giving yourself permission to fail forward and, and that kind of
1: approach yeah, like- to your career. I like that, um, and, and you're right. When I presented for Fast and we talked about stress and, and the upside of stress based on, based on that book uh, by, uh, I believe it was Kelly McGonigal. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. The key thing, or one of the key things being mindset, and mm-hmm. so for you having the uh, the growth mindset, knowing that you're not going to know everything from day one mm-hmm. and, and, and know that it's going to be a journey.
0: Yeah, so and just you and have you to mean, kind of rely on your own internal resources, but also, you know, look at what's, you know, what the advice is out there. There's lots of literature on these topics now. And I think people sometimes have a feeling of like, you should just know how to deal with these sort of law adjacent skills that you need, like resilience and a growth mindset and whatnot. Uh, Or you might not even be aware that these are things that, that you're lacking. But I think for people that might be struggling in their early years of their career, trying to figure out sort of where are the resources, what are the pieces there that are missing maybe for you in the past, you haven't had to kind of rely on that sort of internal drive before in that way. And so trying to figure out where those gaps are as well is challenging, but it's important. It's an important process, right? Figuring out where you can find the resources that you need to thrive. Yeah, and
1: we hammer home the idea on this podcast, how important community is. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned that earlier, how important that was for you as an articling student mm-hmm. to reach out to folks for support. Yeah. That was a big piece of your experience there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's nice if you have you create for yourself different types of support. So you know, I mentioned mm-hmm. sort of being part of an articling cohort is nice or mm-hmm. connecting with law school peers, maybe who are also articling at other firms, if you're at a smaller mm-hmm. firm, but also within the firm, you know, do you have a strong mentor? Do you have uh, people mm-hmm. that you can talk to that are senior to you, we, we assign sort of like principal who's a more senior mentor, and then a, an associate mentor as well, and tell the students really to Try to engage with some of the junior associates who have just gone through this whole process in the last few years, because those are also really great connections and resources for them. So you're trying to find sort of like different levels of support because different people can like offer different things, right?
1: Yeah, I do like that. So when you were practicing lawyer, were there any any major challenges you faced in regarding high stress levels or or huge workload? And, yeah. and how do you deal with those those things?
0: Yeah, definitely. I found myself I got quite stressed quite quickly like I found in law school I found first year quite stressful because and it's so new. so you know I found mm-hmm. that as maybe a parallel challenge where you're kind of like in a new space. You don't really know what you're doing yet, but the expectations are very high. So, um, you know, first year of practice articles and first year of law school had that similar kind of feeling. And then by second, third year of law school, I found it a lot easier because you kind of have a better sense of what the expectations are and maybe a more perspective on what success looks like. And um, so, similarly, when I was articling, just felt like every single thing I did had to just be perfect and there wasn't always time Mm -hmm. to do that and, you know, how to take feedback and all that kind of stuff. But I felt like after sort of working through that year and Kind of trying to redefine what success looked like, what a good assignment would look like, how to take feedback, Mm -hmm. how to build these relationships, and and how to just have more of a growth mindset and realize that you're not going to have everything right off the first uh, try perfectly. Then I think that just allowed, gave myself permission to to be in a learning mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But definitely, like that was Mm -hmm. a challenge because it wasn't, I think, for a lot of law students coming into school and starting their careers, you're not necessarily used to having to start from scratch and not get things right.
1: Right. So moving on to Faskin now, you're to your, your current job, you talked about how you work both with incoming law students who, who you're, I guess, articling there and then maybe hiring. And you're working also with the lawyers who are, are hired and then on through the most senior folks in terms of professional development, right? Yeah. What, what are you noticing In terms of... And how long have you been at Faskin?
0: Uh, Three and a half years.
1: Okay. Have you noticed a difference between when you started and now as far as the lawyers that are are coming in?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been doing this... for, you know, and, and prior to that, kind of working in the in the PD space for a while, I have noticed, it, I suppose, a change in that get the demographic changes that come about when you've been doing something for a while. So the new students coming in, I think, certainly they're they're very tech savvy. They're you know, mm-hmm. they're, I think they've thrived decently in this sort of work from home situation because they're much more used to sort of already doing that and having uh, the ability to work remotely. Through school, than maybe some of our more senior people. But I think that, you know, there are some changes, but there's still a lot of similarities in, in the personalities that come into law and the challenges with just the practice and, and the career itself. Those haven't changed. So I think maybe the difference would be that the more junior people coming in now seem to be very well aware of kind of some of these buzzwords like we're talking about like growth mindset and fail forward and and those kind of things so i think there's more awareness around some of the what about
1: application how are they applying yeah (laughs) well that's
0: that's a good point so i think there's a variety of sort of different styles certainly but i think these challenges still exist and um it's something that we have to continue to work work on and as a firm and with individual people and everyone's sort of different. So you get some students that really come in and, and have that mindset already and then some that, you know, really are struggling with anxiety at different times or various practice issues and you know, in my role I kinda of have to look at how different people are thriving and then I always find with people that there's something going on, the best approach is to put more effort and attention on those people and really check in with them more frequently and you know, as soon as I realize they're having an issue.
1: Yeah. So that is one of your responsibilities and uh, folks can come to your office, close the door and say, Hey, Allison, I am really dealing with some serious anxiety Yeah, and feel free to talk to you about that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's the, you know, where I say I kind of wear two hats because part of my role is to work with management and make sure our programs are running smoothly and, and all of the pieces that sort of management wants from the role. And then there's the piece where I'm also here to support the lawyers and students. And so I, I really do try to keep that space separate and confidential and you know obviously if there's something that really needs to come to management for instance we, we would talk about that and I always make sure students know this when they start that this is a confidential and safe space to talk and if there was something that needed to go further than that then I would be talking to you about it before we take this anywhere else um, and I think that's important to have that, that space and I also encourage uh, students coming in to find their own sort of networks within the firm too because there's lots of great lawyers at the firm lots of great people that they can connect with and like I said I think it's good to have a couple different places that you can go to within the practice group you're going into the junior level at the senior level and then you know my my office right so that there's something outside of all of that they need a place to come and talk or if they haven't created those relationships yet
1: would you say in consider all the lawyers that speak to you mm-hmm. and your interactions with with everyone at Faskin and outside Faskin are there some some common themes you're hearing as far as the uh, the challenges that our lawyers ha- that our lawyers are having regarding taking care of themselves-hmm.
0: So the interesting thing about working with lawyers, I find, is that they're quite high functioning, uh, type A type people. So, you mm-hmm. know, I think when people come and chat with me about an issue, it's often something uh, very acute that they're dealing with, like oh, this happened on a file, and I I need to figure out how to navigate it. So part of my role I see is to look at what are the trends generally in the market and and generally with lawyers and people, what are they struggling with? And then get in front of it by providing training and support. Right. Because I, I do find that people don't en masse come in and say like, oh, I'm struggling with anxiety, even though we know that right. a lot of lawyers are kind mm-hmm. of things. So definitely, you know, from what I can see and, I, and what I've experienced, I think, you know, anxiety is definitely one of the most prevalent issues with lawyers.
1: And when you reached out to me, you, you asked about different programs I do around well-being mm-hmm. and, and we landed on doing the the program on on the upside of stress. Mm -hmm. And um, what led you to reach out to me in the first place and then to decide on on that specific program?
0: Yeah, for sure. So like I was saying about sort of getting in front of some of these issues, we've been trying to build up some of our wellness programming at the firm and and sort of have regular ongoing sessions for people to learn about different areas of wellness and also to have some sort of experiential session so we can have, you know, someone come in and talk about stress for instance and then also have some sessions where say we have someone come in like we did yesterday that leads to like a guided meditation on relaxation Mm -hmm. and and different modalities like that so that people have the opportunity even if they're not getting cpd credits but they get the opportunity to kind of see what some of these different things look like and and get a feel for what works for them and so when i had approached you about coming in to do this talk on stress that was sort of within the scope of that programming that we're building out and a lot of the awareness around this and the drive to build this programming out came came from um you know one of our partners brooke greenberg who is a venture Mm -hmm. with the law society Yeah, Yeah. yeah and he's been really involved with pushing forward some mental health and Wellness initiatives within the law society, and mm-hmm. so as a result of him doing that, we had him give a talk about a year ago at the at the office about the work that he was doing, and there was just so many great pieces in there. And you know, he had really identified and pointed to a lot of uh, resources and links that sort of supported the various ways in which law firms need to support their people, and building out more wellness programming was definitely one of those pieces. So,
1: yeah, yeah, Brooke is. Uh, I really uh, enjoyed getting to know him, mm-hmm. at least through online at this point. right, And uh, he definitely is at the forefront of this and is passionate about these uh, issues. That brings me to, to the question about looking at this systemically, because lawyers can do everything they can do personally to improve their well-being. But if the system itself right. is still unhealthy, like the firm that you're working with or the organization you're working with or, or the o- overall practice of law is unhealthy, then that's going to make the challenge even more so, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, of course, Faskin sounds like, and you sound like you're doing a great job. Oh, thanks. At providing that uh, healthy culture and, and opportunities for, for lawyers. What, what else are you noticing systemically? Have there been changes in how the practice of law has is occurring in, I guess we can just talk about BC?
0: Right. Yeah, certainly. So, you know, I think that there's more awareness of the importance of this type of training and uh, support for people. And I think it stems from, you know, years of the old school mentality of, you know, you just come in, you figure it out, you work hard, and therefore you are successful. And if you don't, then you drop out or you start drinking. (laughs) And that's just sort of what happens and, and people deal with it privately. And so there's a lot more, I think, awareness around, you know, how that is not healthy, but also it doesn't result in long thriving careers, right? So I think that, you know, the practice is is changing very slowly there's some things in the tech space and ai and whatnot that are driving some changes but overall the the profession is quite conservative and changes quite slowly and and the work itself is sort of changes slowly too right so it's the same challenges each generation needs to deal with but i think firms need to find ways to make the career more enjoyable and more rewarding as they can for, for their lawyers and uh, support them as best they can in finding as much balance in their lives and in their careers and making the time at the office itself as, as enjoyable as possible.
1: Yeah. Can you can you share if what Faskin is doing mm-hmm. uh, other than what you're doing, which is critical, of course, what, what other changes has Faskin made in terms of the, the overall practice yeah. for their lawyers?
0: Well, definitely, we're, you know, constantly looking at our systems and ways to improve efficiencies and so that, you know, lawyers can have more time available and more support with their files and, you know, all the different places you can put pieces you can put in place to support people's practice. And I think just doing things to make life more efficient and and practice easier for lawyers is a key key part because one of the you know one of the stressors of course is just the sort of volume of work and and the time mm-hmm. it takes to get things done so we're constantly looking at those systems we're working on building out our mentoring program or s- with our supervising partners so that there's more of a sort of checklist for senior people to be following and more guidance in terms of what that mentor relationship should look like so rather than leave it up to individuals to figure out how to be a good mentor we're trying to train our senior people um, to be good mentors to our junior people and then our junior people to be good mentors to students and that kind of thing. So trying to make sure that those supportive relationships are in place. And we've been doing a lot more of this wellness type training and and things that are uh, bespoke and specific to different demographic groups uh, and diverse groups of people. And the other thing I was going to say is just, you know, going back to that social connection part of things, I think we want to have our lawyers have full lives outside of work. And we also want to have strong social connections within the office. So we've really been doing more fun social activities for people to engage with each other on. And all of our practice groups seem to have their own different ways in which they're connecting. But we're really trying to encourage those groups, say, that aren't naturally really social to to be doing things to engage each other, uh, and particularly the young people who are looking for that. And um, yeah. it helps keep them yeah. well. It helps keep them part of the team.
1: That's great. What, what are the two for you, two go-to things for you to to help with stress and to help mm-hmm. you self-care? And you can think of specifically during this COVID pandemic or just in general?
0: Yeah, I think for me, the really building in uh, my own practices of what I know works for me, like, and that took me years to sort of figure out, you know, people talk about balance and supporting yourself, you know, there's a lot of different things that people do, and I think you can kind of get swept up thinking like, okay, you know, everyone bikes, so I should bike, or you know, whatever it may be. But
1: right, really you can get that moral it. mindset Totally. Of, okay, I need to be productive at this. Yeah, and totally. To, it becomes tasky, and then that defeats the purpose of it, right?
0: Totally. So I think you know, if you if you don't feel like you have those. Practices in place than spending some time trying a number of different things and then fi- figuring out what you actually really enjoy because I always my philosophy is I have such limited free time generally being mm-hmm. a professional and a mom that you know right. if I have limited free time to do something that you know is exercise or something enjoyable or something with my friends then you know I really want to narrow in on those things that I really enjoy so I don't want to spend time on my free time you know doing a bunch right. of things that I don't actually enjoy it just adds more stress so Give, yeah. give yourself a chance well, to really so what, explore things. So what are your two?
1: Can you give me two or yeah. uh, I'm putting you on the spot?
0: Oh, no, Do no you problem. Have so at work, I would say, you know, I like to go for a walk once a day. I, I live close to the water, so I'll go down for a walk on my lunch break and and do that and i also like to um journal and and write so usually i'll do that more you know at home in the morning first thing and in the evening i like to relax by playing guitar i'm a beginner but i I find it really um fun and just i think it's just such a different medium than
1: acoustic or electric
0: acoustic yeah i'm just a beginner
1: (laughs) maybe you and i maybe you and i can get it together sometime do a little jam (laughs) jam, nice yeah that's great well, that, and that's, that sounds great. Nice. And, uh, any specific music you like to play?
0: Oh, I, I, the one that, the book that I've been learning off of is, um, a Beatles book. It's sort of like transposed into the oh. easiest of chords. And yeah. I really like it yeah. because I like Beatles music, but it's also, you know, this song, so you know what they're supposed to sound like. So you can tell oh, right, them easily right. if you don't sound right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I
1: started with. I started with Beatles songs as well. Yeah.
0: They're so universal. Um,
1: well, thank you, Allison. We're going to, uh, end the, uh, the interview and uh boy you've given us so much time and as you say you you're a bus- very busy person so i really think our listeners are going to benefit from all the insights you had to share
0: oh thank you michael yeah. thanks for having me on the on the podcast
1: you are welcome and uh, maybe we'll have you back post-covid Perfect. down the road. <laughs> sounds you know, great we can talk time. about return to work that's <laughs> right okay. thanks again Allison. thanks michael Thanks for listening to this episode of the Thriving Lawyers Podcast. We love hearing from our loyal listeners, so please feel free to email us any questions, comments, suggested topics, or guest recommendations at the following address, feedback at thrivinglawyerspodcast.com. The Thriving Lawyers Podcast is brought to you by Real-Time Creative Learning Experiences, a national provider of continuing legal education and professional development programs that leave participants engaged, encouraged, and equipped to pursue meaningful and sustainable change in their practices, their lives, and the organizations they work in. And by Osborne Conflict Resolution, your experienced guides through the uncharted terrain of business and family law disputes based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Thriving Lawyers Podcast.